Hi, it's Molly. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Excel Books Podcast. I believe you're in for a treat. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Hey, welcome back to the Excel Books Podcast. It's your favorite host, Molly. And on my show, we like to talk about work, family, and life. Thank you for those tuning in today. Um, I appreciate you guys, really do. Um, I'm going to start with a disclaimer before I get into this. I've had a really rough week. I've had a really rough week, you guys. Like, it's been, this is one of those weeks that I wish just never happened again kind of feels like 2019 for me. I know for most of the world it was 2020 because of the shutdown. For me, my nightmare year was 2019. And it was the year that God forbid, like, I'm like, that will never happen again. I don't care if I have to sell blood, like, it will never happen again. And here it is. I had a week that just reminded me of 2019 where I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to get up. I don't want to get out of bed today. I don't. So if I don't sound my normal chipper self, please don't charge it to my heart, charge it to my head. I promise you, I love, love speaking to you. Um, You give me reasons to smile just by tuning in. So thank you. Um, I want to talk to you guys about some Easter thoughts that I have. And I name it Easter thoughts because it's not a concrete uh, step-by-step plan or anything that I have for you today. These are just some thoughts that I have that I've experienced over the years. I'm experiencing this here. And I thought, you know what? There might be someone else going through this too. So I'm just going to share what's going on. So it is Saturday, the day before Easter Sunday. And for those of you that are not in the U.S., because I know I have my folks out in Germany and Puerto Rico and the uh, Czech Republic. Um, So you're probably like, Easter, what is that? Um, Easter over here, this is a a Christian holiday. It's when we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And it's a big deal over here in the States. And it can be very confusing if you're not in the USA, because on one hand, we're like, it's a Christian holiday. It's about Jesus. But at the same token, we make it all about some Easter bunny and some eggs. So if you come over here and you're like, what is going on? It's all the same thing, uh, all the same holiday. So let me give you some thoughts on this. So I want to first talk about attending Easter events. And I know yesterday was Good Friday and we have Monday, Thursday, and some of you are probably preparing for Easter right now on Saturday. I want to give you some thoughts about these events. Let me start by saying there is nowhere in the Bible that says we need to have a whole bunch of events to celebrate Easter. It's not. And there's nothing in there that says we need to attend all these events to celebrate his resurrection. Um, fellowship. Yeah, fellowship is a, a, a thing we're supposed to do all the time just as believers. But there's nothing that says you have to go to these Easter events. You definitely don't have to go to all of them. Um, I know some people who run themselves ragged and they almost dread when there's major church events because they know that 
They're not going to have any time. They're stressed. They're like, I need to eat. They're listening to the sermon, but they're listening with anxiety because they're like, could you hurry up and stop preaching so I can go to the bathroom? Like they do all these different things because they feel like they're supposed to because they're really doing a religious habit, not necessarily, you know, something that like God told me to go to this. And I'm saying that gently because I know that as believers are like, well, it's resurrection week. Aren't we supposed to go to every service? Aren't we supposed to be every time the doors open? Aren't I supposed to be there all the time? I don't think so. I think you're supposed to be there when you're led to go. I think you're supposed to be there when you you need to go. Um, but I do not believe that God wants you attending every single event every time the doors are open. And I'm saying this not just as, you know, my thoughts for right now, but I'm thinking about the past. So back in my 20s and 30s, I used to be at church every time the doors were open, didn't care what the service was or anything. I was there. If they were talking about men's support group, I was there. Yes, I was. I'm like, you can't be in the group. Well, I can serve them. I'm going to serve. If I can't sit there and listen to the message, I'm going to serve. And I'm serving the leaders and I'm serving the the guest and I'm sweeping floors. I'm doing snack bar. I'm praying with kids. I'm stepping in to help with babies. I'm doing sign in, sign out. I'm doing everything. And in my mind, I was doing the Lord's work. In my mind, God was pleased. Because I thought, the more I'm doing, he must be happy. See, Lord, I'm dedicated. Look at how much I'm dedicated to you. I want your word that much. I want it so much I'm going to be here every time the doors are open. But all the while, my body was struggling as a result. I can't tell you how many times I served and my body was aching. I don't mean like, oh, aching just because I'm tired. I mean aching like my, I have back injuries. Because I'm lifting things I don't need to be lifting. I've got ankle sprains because I've been standing on my feet for several days at a time every single week on top of working, you know, 40, 40, 50 hours at my nine to five. How many times I put on, you know, I went and served and I hadn't slept more than about five, six hours. Served nonstop. How many youth ministry lock-ins I did where I'm like, okay, I literally haven't slept in three days and I'm still going to serve on Wednesday. Like, I've done this. And the price that I paid for it, in my opinion, is not as great as I would have liked for it to be. I ended up neglecting my family because I'm like, well, it's Easter. We got to serve. So everybody put on your smiles, put on your happy outfits. We're going. And I'm all proud because I made it to church looking great with my family in tow. But all the while, my family's like, you know what? I would have been happy if we just sat home and had a pizza and talked about Jesus versus these long, long events. Like, I don't want to be around people all day. It was, these are things that I didn't think about at the time. In hindsight, I understand. Um, if you remember some of my previous, uh, my earlier episodes when I first started the podcast, I talked about how I had this um, kind of religious air about me and how every time I would go and do all these things at church thinking, you know, I'm being holy, I was actually pushing my husband further away from me because he didn't want to be 
around me because he's like, gosh, anything I do can't compare to you. I'm just a sucky Christian, so why should I even be involved? So he didn't even want to lead because I was just doing so much. There was no room for him. I didn't make room for him. And these are just things I learned as a result of, okay, we're going to serve on Easter and serve on all these things. So first thought is make sure that you pray and ask God which events you should attend and what time you should attend. So let me say this. And I <laughs> I know I'm going to upset some churches. I'm going to upset some churches with this. And I promise you, I mean, no, no offense. I love all, all, all churches. But let me say this to you as members, as, uh, you know, the, the servants. That's what I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to the servants, people who serve and make this thing happen. If you are not scheduled to serve that day and you really don't want to serve and you're one of those people that is a faithful servant, like you're always serving, do not volunteer to serve. And why am I saying that? Am I saying it because I don't want you to serve? Absolutely not. That is not it. I'm saying this because you have to pour into yourself. You cannot serve 100% every single week and never give yourself a break. The human body needs rest. And even if you're like, well, I don't feel sleepy, I don't feel tired. Even if you don't feel tired, it's even more the reason to take a break. Because if you don't stop and just receive the word, not teaching the word, not supporting those teaching the word, but just to sit and hear then you're going to wear yourself out and eventually you end up with church burnout and then you don't want to serve at all. You must take time to rest. You are too valuable to not rest. Take it from me. I learned my lesson. Um, You don't want to get like me where I totally didn't pay attention to that principle. And even when my leaders were like, you need to take time to pour into the word. Oh, I'm fine. I would still serve. Even on the days I was getting the word, I'm like, I'm gonna get the word and I'm gonna serve again missing the concept and now when people ask me about serving I'm like uh I don't know if I want to do this I thank God I have a church that does this gigantic serving uh, mission once a quarter on top of everything else they do and I serve that way if it was one of those commit every week thing I'd be like yeah I quit now like I can't um because I don't have a stop button I don't have an inner pause button to say, hey, Molly, you shouldn't run yourself ragged for the gospel. Um, (laughs) And I I know some people are like, how is that possible? Aren't you supposed to run yourself ragged? He wants us to serve with a cheerful heart and all that, but he doesn't want us to run ourselves to the ground. How does that give a good witness for him? Here we are, ragged, no energy, injured, tired, hungry, putting on fake smiles for the sake of service, how does that give him glory? People are going to look at you like, man, I don't know if I want to serve the God you serve. You're doing stuff all the time. Man, y'all ain't got no other people. This may not be the right church for me. I mean, I want you to think about how that looks. Um, I know if I went to a church and I see somebody, they're ragging, they're smiling, but they're, I can tell they're like, please don't ask me anything. I'm looking like, oh, I don't think I want to visit here again. This is making me uncomfortable. So let's think about that. Let's talk about appearance from a different angle. 
so we just talked about appearance as far as like actually being there. Um, let's talk about appearance clothes wise. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. <sighs> How do I want to say this? Only way I can do it. Say it bluntly. Y'all can handle it. You're tough. You're strong. I'm going to be blunt. You do not. I repeat. You do not. Uh, you do not need to be dressed to the nines for Easter. It's not a requirement. That's a preference. And you're like, oh, how could you say that? You must not have been raised in the in the church. You must not be a black person. You must not care about the Lord. All lies, all lies. Um, <laughs> I I did grow up in church. I did. Um, I've been in many predominantly black churches. Um, I love the Lord with everything I have. But there's nowhere in the Bible that says you, if you don't wear the nicest apparel going to church, you're not giving him the ultimate glory. He doesn't care what you have on. Jesus is not sitting in heaven waiting to see if you put on those six-inch stilettos that you have worn in in a year. He does not care. He is not looking down on you saying, did you put on makeup today? He is not looking down at the guy saying, you didn't wear a two-piece suit. It's Easter. He is not looking at you like that. He's not. He's looking at your heart. He's happy that you got up and that you chose to go to his place of worship. You could be wearing some blue jeans and a t-shirt, shorts and flip-flops, hair rollers in your head. Jesus doesn't care. Now, people in a church might say stuff, but Jesus is not looking at you with judgment over what kind of clothes you have on. If that were the case, there'd be no such thing as letting um, sinners into the church. If that were the case, there would be an, a problem with letting prostitutes and, 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 and druggies and thugs and all that in there. If that were the case, there'd be a problem with their attire. But God doesn't care what they have on. He does not care. He cares about your heart. He cares about your character. That's what he cares about. Now, am I saying you shouldn't dress up? No. If you are a person that likes to dress up and you've got your Sunday church hat and your suit and all this and you're ready and you're like, I spent all week prepping for this and this is my day. I love getting dressed up for Easter. Okay, cool. Dress up. Look cute. Take pictures. Pose. Let us all see your awesomeness. Um... But please don't do it for the attention of others. And I'm... <laughs> oh, I'm hitting all the, the uncomfy notes today. Don't do this for the attention of others. If, if you do that, it's no different than those people who preach on the streets because they want to be seen by men to look how holy they are. Don't wear your Sunday best because you want people to comment. Who cares about the comment? If no one commented, would you still wear it? If the answer is no, then you probably shouldn't, you know, probably shouldn't do it. That means you're doing it for show. And they're not the audience. God is. Personally, when I go to Easter, I don't, I don't do dress up. Once, once in a while I dress up, like I bought a, I bought a dress this year. Cause I'm like, eh, I might wear it. And I'm literally looking at it. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it cause it's cold tomorrow. So I might end up in my jeans and a sweater, uh, for Easter. Why? Cause I don't like to be cold or uncomfortable. Forget everybody else dressing up, I'm going to be comfortable, period. Um, why? I'm too old for that. I'm too grown for that. 
I have too many health challenges to be trying to be cute just for the sake of a day. Uh, I'm just not. The only time I get cute is when I really want to be cute. Um, I don't care what's going on in a group, uh, uh, anything. I will get cute when I feel like it. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on the Easter. On the, the outfits. Ah, let me say this. I'm trying to get away from the outfits. Please don't stress your younger children over their clothes for Easter. You know, the Bible talks about not provoking your children to wrath. You know, not provoking them to anger. And I have seen some miserable children on Easter. It is one of the saddest days I have seen in the church is Easter. And I'm not saying that there's not good in the church. There is, because trust me, the good is coming. So if you're listening and you're like, Molly, I feel like you're bashing Easter. I promise you I'm not. I'm not. I have lots of good things to say about it. And I'm going to say those are things. But I want to get these out of the way so you know where, you know, just some disclaimers because it's coming. I have seen some of the most unhappy children in the, in the world on Easter more than any other holiday. Easter and Christmas, unhappy children. Unhappy children in the church. Why? Because they're being forced to dress a certain way, participate in things they don't want to participate in. Like, look, we need more kids. You're going to go over here and sing. I don't want to sing. Yes, you are. Get in there and sing. You had a beautiful voice. And you kind of voluntold them to be in these things. And they don't want to be there. I'm watching little girls in tights. And they're scratching. And the tights are all uncomfortable. And they're on the floor. And they're doing all kinds of unladylike things. Trying to deal with the misery. Because you want them to look picture perfect. You're yelling at them. Don't touch your hair. You know, because you spent $100 for them to look perfect. And they're kids. They're not going to be perfect. Um, you know, so they're sitting there. They're uncomfortable. They don't want their hair like that. It's itching. They got all kinds of products and things in there. Boys getting a haircut. They don't like the haircut. All of this because you want them to look a certain way. This is not a fashion show. That is not the point of Easter. It's about Jesus. It's about the fact that he sacrificed his life for us. About the fact that he rose. And about the fact that we don't have to live this life without hope. Because we've got him. That's what it's all about. It is not about your clothes. It is not about your kids' clothes. It is not about who's going to see them. It's not about who performed in the Easter play. It is not about who's going to be in the musical. It does not matter. What matters is your heart and your character. Don't torture your kids. (sighs) Now, (laughs) let's talk about these Easter baskets, the Easter bunny, the Easter eggs. I will start by saying this. There's nothing wrong with the Easter bunny. There's nothing wrong with Easter eggs. Nothing wrong with Easter egg hunts. (gasps) Molly, how could you say that you're a Christian? We're supposed to be all about Jesus. How could we make it about a bunny? Okay. First of all, Jesus is not in heaven like, I can't believe you talked about a bunny on the day I came back from the dead. Jesus is not like that. Jesus is a gentleman. He's not arrogant. He is love. Love is not puffed up. So he's not puffed up like, I can't believe you're talking about a bunny. He's not like that. This is for the kids. And these are kids that just enjoy life. And bunnies are cute. And eggs are fun to get. And chocolate's great to eat. And Easter egg hunts and Easter egg races are enjoyable. There's nothing wrong with kids going to an Easter egg hunt. There's nothing wrong with them having an Easter bunny taking pictures of the bunnies it does not mean they're any less christians doesn't mean they're less of a believer or any of that it just means that they like an easter egg hunt they like eggs they like bunnies 
take the gifts of the Easter egg hunt. Matter of fact, you'd probably be more Christian if you do. As a non, if I were a non-believer, and I know this because at some point I was, as a non-believer, I watched people. I watched people in the church very closely. And if I saw that you were one of those, how can I put it, one of those rigid, we don't do bunnies and eggs here. I'm like, gosh, y'all are so serious. I don't want to be around you. If you're like this at Easter, I hate to think what it's like at Christmas. You're probably yelling at me because I happen to have a Santa Claus statue in my in my in my Christmas decor. You know, if I wear a Santa Claus sweatshirt and I get booted out the church, like these are things I looked at. I'm like, mm, not visiting your church. And I had a lot of people that were like, why didn't you come back to my church? I'm like, because of how y'all are. Like your atmosphere is not inviting. Um, not saying you need to, you know, welcome everything. So let me say this about. For the the leaders of the churches, if you're listening and you're like, so what are you saying? I can't have, you know, are you saying I need to have Easter egg hunts and we've never done that before? I'm not saying that. You have to do what God is leading you for your church. God has put you over that particular house as far as leadership is concerned. So I believe that he speaks to you and what your congregation needs. You know your people. You know his sheep. Um, What I'm saying is, if the opportunity comes up for your church to do that and you, the body is saying, hey, we really want to do this. Be open to it. At least be open to prayer about it. Um, don't shun them if they did do it. Don't be like, oh, you didn't come because you went to an Easter egg hunt? What kind of believer are you? No, they're, they're people. We're God's sheep, but we're people. And we want to enjoy life as much as anyone else. Don't look at, I mean, trust me, there's so many people that are going to come on Easter. It's okay if some of your members are not there today because they want to go on an Easter egg party. There's enough visitors to take care of everything that you could possibly want. So it's okay. Let people be people. Um, I have always had my kids participate in Easter events uh, that they wanted to do. I never forced them to be like be in performances or anything. You know, like, if they happen to be in it, I'm like, great. And I've seen, like, church leaders come back, you know, at the end of the Easter service, like, yeah, we we had all of them, you know, have lines they were supposed to say, but your son just didn't want to do it. And I was like, okay. They're like, okay. I'm like, yeah. And they almost looked at me with this shocked face, like, how can you say okay? I'm like, my kid didn't want to participate. What am I going to do, cry? Yell? For what? For a one-time event? Is they're going to do every year? please. Um, I'm not yelling at my kid over that. Um, I just didn't worry about it. And I also, let me say this, uh, let me say this, read the room, parents, read the room on Easter, read it, read the room with your kids, read their expressions at Easter. Why am I saying this? I learned a valuable lesson, uh, with my boys a few years, uh, well, years ago. My kids were like four, four and five, five and six. And I would take them to all these little Easter events at church. And we had, at the church we were at, they had big Easter events. I mean, there were Easter events for almost all ages. Um, We had races. We had um, bobbin frags. We had everything. I mean, it was big music parties, food, hula hoops. I mean, you name it. We had it balloons. I mean, they're caricatures. I mean, it was like a carnival every time we had Easter. And I bring my kids all the time thinking, all right, we're going to do this. 
And I would bring them and I learned to read the room because my kids would be there. And I never forget the day I brought my son, I uh, brought my son Zion and he had a hula hoop, this little hula hoop uh, area for the little kids. And I had taken him to the egg hunt and he was overwhelmed by being around so many kids. He was, he saw all of them and then he backed down and was like, mm, I don't want to get it. I was like, you don't want the eggs? And like, he would literally get the egg that was like right at the starting line of the Easter egg hunt. And then he would walk away because he didn't want to run. He didn't want to be around all the kids. Now at the time, I didn't realize that that was autism speaking through him. That was the autism he experienced as saying, hey, I really don't like crowds. Like he'd much rather dance by himself in a corner. So I didn't force him. I didn't say, hey, you got to do this. And so he didn't want to go. I said, do you want mommy to go get the eggs? He said, yeah. So I would go get the eggs. You know, I'd get like a couple so I wouldn't like, you know, overrun the, the little ones running around. And then I would bring it back and say, here you go, sweetie. And he got to enjoy Easter eggs without being stressed out. Now, when I got into the hula hoops, I saw that he was literally holding it. And he's looking around at the kids using it. And he's like... This is not fun. And there wasn't anything else that he was showing interest in. So I literally looked at him and I said, do you want to go home and get some pizza? He's like, yeah. And so we left. Did we stay the whole time? No, we stayed probably for about 20, 30 minutes and went home. And I know some of you are like, well, I'm not going to go all the way out there and only spend 30 minutes. We're going to stay out and do everything. Yeah, that's a you thing, not necessarily your kid thing. I know this is tough. I know this is harsh. But I'm telling you this because you don't know what your kid is feeling. And if you read the room and you're looking at their expressions and looking at their body language, you can tell if you're pushing too hard and if you're not. I did not force my kids to have Easter baskets. There were times when I did. And what I did was I studied my kids every time. If I got them the nice Easter basket and they weren't like, wow, I love this. Thank you, mom. If that wasn't their expression, I'm like, okay, they could care less about this. I don't need to invest in this next year. All right, moving forward. You know, adjust. I listen to conversations they give me before those times happen. If they're like, hey, mom, are we going to do anything for Easter? That tells me they're interested in doing something for Easter. If they're not mentioning it, they probably don't want to go read the room. It'll save you time and money. Ah, nails. <laughs> Fingernails. If you're getting your nails painted for Easter, love that. But please don't stress yourself and give yourself plenty of time. I've seen so many people spend like over $100 getting their nails done. Like, I gotta have my nails done for Easter. No one cares. The only person who really cares about your nails is you. I hate to say it. Even your friends are not sitting on Facebook waiting to see photos of your nail polish for for nail envy. I mean, unless what you do in a business is nails or something or you're in a nail lovers group or something. No one cares. My nails will not be painted for Easter. Matter of fact, my nails are outgrown. They are still the same polish from when I went to the Stevie Awards in Vegas. And you can tell they need to be filled in and all that. Am I repainting them? Nope. They look fine. I might take my nail clippers at home and trim them down a bit. But that's it. I'm not repainting them. Why? This polish is still solid. I hadn't even chipped. 
It may be growing out, but hey, I'm not in vain. Forget what everybody else thinks. Um, you know, I can function. That's all that matters. So is there anything wrong with getting your nails painted? No. The problem, again, is if you're doing it for show versus, you know, I'm trying to honor. Now, am I saying every time you get your nails painted, you need to do it for honoring Jesus? I'm not saying that. Jesus doesn't care if your nails are painted. What I'm saying is don't do it because I need everybody to look at my nails to see how cute they are. That's not the right motive. If you're going to do it, do it because you like it. But don't don't let it rob your peace. I've seen people get mad and yell at nail techs and refuse to tip and all this. All because their nails didn't look perfect the way they think it should be perfect. Oh my gosh. That's not, not how, how it works. Um, I'm not even going to go there on the nails. Because if I go there, we'll be in a whole nother episode. Um, and I might talk about nail polish on another episode. Just because I think y'all want to know. Um, if you're going to paint them, paint them, but just don't, don't make a big deal out of it. Don't stress the nail text. Don't yell at the ladies in front of you. Don't skip lines. Don't not tip people. Um, don't wait to the last second and all this stuff. If you're going to paint them, be early, think ahead, plan ahead. All right. Now let's talk about some good things about Easter and I'm going to just, you know, lightly touch on traveling for Easter. So Easter can be one of the most enjoyable um, experiences in the church as a believer. It is one of the times where you really get to experience the love of others, where we're purely thinking about, it's one of the only holidays in America that I can think of, where we're purely thinking about the sacrifice of God. We're not thinking about, oh, let's just celebrate the baby that was born. Okay, yep, we're celebrating his birth. But to really say, no, we're thinking about what he did for us, which is the whole point of our faith. The whole point is what he sacrificed and what it means for us in life. It's a beautiful reminder of how lucky we are to have a God who selflessly gave up everything so that we can live. And not just live a little bit, but to live life abundantly. It's a beautiful time. It's a time where people are kinder, where things are prettier. There's decor and flowers and songs and all of that. It's a time when loved ones come into town and and hug and visit. It's a time where there's food and fellowship. There's a time when you see talents and, and little children come out that you had no idea they had. It's a time where people, you know, take time out of their day to look a little bit nicer. And, you know, you start to appreciate them a little bit more. It's a really fun time. Um, I love the Easter Bunny. Um, (laughs) I actually, any chance I get, I try to take pictures with the Easter Bunny. I know I'm not a kid anymore, but in my heart, I will always be a kid. And so I try to take pictures with the Easter Bunny. And I do love um, having some... mm, Let me say this. Deviled eggs. um, You can call them angel eggs, Jesus egg, whatever you want. Look, I don't care what you call them as long as they taste right. Um, I've heard people say, you can't call them deviled eggs. We're not giving the devil any glory. He can get no glory over what I'm naming the egg. Okay? I mean, they they make devil's food cake mix. Devil ain't getting glory over the cake. That's just the way they named it. 
we're not going there. Don't be so religious. It's food. Uh, so I eat deviled eggs all the time. Love them. It's one of my favorite foods for Easter. Delicious. If you're listening and you're, um, you know, for my overseas listeners, if you're like, what are deviled eggs? It's when we boil the egg, we cut it in half, we take the yolk that's inside of it uh, out, we mix it up with some relish and mustard and mayo and and then we uh, some paprika and we scoop it all up and put it right back into those halves of the egg and eat it almost like it's a little hors d'oeuvre. That's deviled eggs in a nutshell. And I absolutely love them. Um, I've had the chocolate Easter bunnies. Oh my gosh, they're so good. Love those. Um, some people like the candy on Easter. Um, I've never been a big candy fan, but I do like seeing the candy. It looks pretty. Um, I really like the flowers on Easter. I love seeing like Easter decor and a little, you know, hop here and all this stuff. I love those little signs. I love it. Um, it's fun. It's fun. And it's a nice little relief before taxes are due for me. It's like a mental relief. Um, so if you haven't experienced Easter, I think you, you should try it. Um, this last little part, I will say just for those of those having um, anxiety about Easter. And then this, then I'll close out. So if you are like me, so I, I talked about this in a previous episode, that I am dealing and struggling with the idea of going to Easter service this year and not because I don't love the Lord I do I love God with everything in me but as you know um a year ago I was hit by a drunk driver after leaving church and I was really really traumatized and to this day I have discomfort being in a car uh driving a car like I'm just uncomfortable and I'm trying I'm trying really hard I go to therapy I make myself drive, you know, we talked about this in Stretch to Grow, like I drive a car, not because I want to drive a car, but because I am trying my darndest to overcome this uh, pain and discomfort that I have about being out on the road on Easter. But with that, let me say this, if you are having similar anxiety and you're having panic attacks and all that, do not add unnecessary stress to yourself. You don't have to go in person. And I'm saying this because I love you. I'm saying this because someone needs to tell you that it's okay to stay home. If you know that the thought of going to Easter is the most stressful experience, because some of you hate Easter. And I'm saying that not because you don't love God, but some of you hate Easter because of how your family makes you feel on Easter. You don't want to be around all these kin folks. You don't want to be driving house to house to eat. You don't want to be going to Big Mama's house. You don't want to be uh, dressed up to the nice. You like you don't even dress up like this all the time. You just do it because Mama said so. Some of you hate Easter with a passion, and I get it because you've had really um, uncomfortable family experiences with Easter. Some of you hate going to church on Easter because it's the one time the pastor teaches twice as long and you don't want to be in church for four to six hours that day. You'd like to do something else with your life and you never know when the service is going to end. So you're just like, oh my gosh, if we have one more quote unquote Holy Ghost breakout, you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I get it. I'm saying this lovingly. These are just Molly thoughts. Um, You don't have to go. You don't. I'm still debating. I'm still not sure if I want to go. 
because I don't like traffic. It's one of the worst parking situations ever at a church is Easter. People who haven't been to church in a year, you don't know where they are. You normally have room. You normally have that front parking space. Now it's crowded. You can't get in. You're having to park across the street and you're a regular. You're like, why am I having to move for guests? Like you, your faith will get challenged. <laughs> your uh, long-suffering gift of you know fruit of the Spirit will be challenged on Easter. And it's really hard for me because I'm like, my gosh, I got to walk a country mile. I'm injured. I've never had to deal with this before. Um, those are things that happen on Easter. It's just a norm. Um, but be encouraged. This too shall pass. The people that are there on Easter won't be there the next Sunday. They'll disappear like roaches in the dark. Not calling them a roach. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's just the first analogy that came in my head. But they'll disappear. The crowding, crowdedness will start on Sunday and then it'll be gone next week and you'll get your parking space again. Think of it like uh, New Year's resolutions. People show up for the gym the first, you know, the first month or two, it's crowded, and then they disappear and you get your parking space again. I mean, that's just how it is. Um, so don't get discouraged, but you don't have to go. You can go online. If you don't know where to go online, um, I invite you to go to church online with me. My church, I go to Mana Church, and it's... Um, M-A-N-N-A-C-H-U-R-C-H dot O-R-G, manachurch.org. And that is my church. And we have all kinds of online services, the full experience you can have from the comfort of your home, from the comfort of your phone, wherever you are. So even if you're um, traveling and you're like, I'm on the plane, I can't be there. If you've got free Wi-Fi on that plane, uh, you can watch church right there. You can give, you can pause, you can do all that stuff. Um, so you don't have to go. It's okay to stay home. It's okay. And I will say this last part on that. Communicate. If you think that you are not going to be able to handle going to church that day, tell your tell your, your loved one that you think needs to know. And, and I'm, I'm saying that needs to know with a grain of salt. So if you have the family that you're like, oh my gosh, if I tell Big Mama, I'm going to never hear the end of it. And I'm going to be guilt tripped into going. I'm not saying you need to tell Big Mama. I'm saying like, if you're married, you should tell your spouse. They should know. Um, and, you know, <laughs> do what you got to do. Like, you don't need to announce to the whole world, but let them know so they know if they need to expect you or not, or if they need to wait on you or not. I don't like to have people wait for me. That's a big thing for me. I don't want to have people waiting on me. I can't stand it. Um, and I also don't want to make people feel miserable because I'm miserable. So I would much rather pull away and let everyone have joy versus me showing up and making it worse. So if you're like, hey, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't think I'm going to go. At least give them the heads up so they can go on without you. Whew. Those are my Easter thoughts. That's a lot of Easter thoughts, isn't it? Yeah. Um, regardless of what you choose, I hope that you have a good Easter. I hope that you have a peaceful Easter. Whether you play with buddies or not, whether you go to a service or not, whether you dress up or you wear your PJs, um, whether you're on your phone or in person, I hope that your Easter is full of peace. And that it's a day that you uh, look back on and feel happy about how that day was for you. Because it's all about protecting your peace so that you can give him glory. Because when you're joyful, then he gets glory. 
All right, that's all I have about my Easter thoughts. I hope you got something out of it. Um, Enjoy the rest of your day. Pray you have a peaceful weekend. And um, we'll talk next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Excel Books Podcast with Molly. You can find more helpful resources and services at xclbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please send us a message at xelbooks.com or email xelbooks at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more tips on work, family, and life.